A mobile surgical unit enables surgeries to be performed almost anywhere. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Colonel Robert Rush, Staff Surgeon in the Department of Surgery, Madigan Army Medical Center, and Adjunct Assistant Professor of Surgery at the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences, Bethesda, Maryland, and currently deployed on a disaster response team in Honduras. Welcome, Colonel Rush. Good to be here, Mark. Today we are discussing the Mobile Surgical Unit. Colonel Rush, what is the Mobile Surgical Unit? The Mobile Surgical Unit or Mobile Surgical Team that is currently here in Honduras is a 4 to 11 person team that is rapidly deployable and responsive to any contingency missions that the southern area commander needs us for. Now, when you say rapidly deployable, what, what do you mean? How, how rapid? Well, doctrinally, we should be able to deploy in 4 to 12 hours. Well, how many people are involved here? The mobile surgical team is a modular unit. And modular meaning that we have a four-section, four to six-section surgical element involving one general surgeon and anesthesia provider and some operating room nurses and technicians, that can augment existing medical units that come with other Army units or Air Force units. And our team can be augmented by an emergency medical technician team, which involves some emergency physicians as well as emergency medical technicians to perform advanced trauma life support. And this can also augment medical teams such as responding to not only surgical emergencies and injuries, but medical emergencies as well. Now, is this a type of small hospital in of itself? No, it's not a hospital. Currently, we're based in a forward operating area. Like I said, it's in Honduras. And this unit has in it a hospital that's a fixed facility. From here, we can deploy further forward in our mobile surgical team arena. The arena is such that we have some tents that we can set up to perform these uh, medical operations. We also can fall in on a fixed facility of any host nation hospitals or clinics wherever needed. Now, I'm sure a lot of the listeners in their mind's eye are thinking about the TV shows and the movies that they've seen called MASH. This is different than a a MASH unit, yes? Very different. How so, sir? A MASH unit is a large unit. It's approximately 100 to 200 personnel. It's designed to care for large military units, such as the divisional level, which is about 15,000 troops. They are rapidly deployable in the fact that they can usually pack up and leave in about a week and arrive at their destination, depending on their deployment posture at the time that they're activated. Those units, however, are very robust. They sometimes have six to eight surgeons of varying capabilities with them. They have intensive care units. They usually have um, four or five operating rooms, and they are very surgical-heavy units. 
How long does it take to set up the mobile surgical unit? The mobile surgical unit is ready to go in two to three hours once we hit the ground. That's incredible. How do you power it? That's a very good question. We are designed for maximal mobility. Our smallest package consists of a tent, a operating room table, which is no more than a litter that has litter stands on it, what's called a draw-over anesthesia machine, which is hand-powered, although we do have a ventilator that can supplement our anesthesia provider and free him up to do other things, as well as a cautery, electrocautery, suction, lights, and all this can be powered by a 700-watt generator that's run on gasoline. Now, we have two of those, and they're very small. They're the size of a small computer case. And in addition to that, if we have the carrying capability, such as a, a small airplane, we can bring our drash or deployable rapid assembly shelter. And this drash generator is an environmental control unit and a 40-kilowatt generator as well. And that provides us the luxury of having environmental control as well as maximal power. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Colonel Robert Rush, staff surgeon in the Department of Surgery, Madigan Army Medical Center, and adjunct assistant professor of surgery at the Uniformed Services University of Health Sciences in Bethesda, Maryland. He is currently deployed on a disaster response team in Honduras. Today we are discussing the mobile surgical unit. Colonel Rush, how does the mobile surgical unit differ in function from a typical hospital operating room? It is completely mobile. It has some limitations in that not every supply or every piece of equipment is going to be available. We have just the basic equipment to perform life-saving trauma emergencies such as a laparotomy or a thoracotomy, some limited vascular instrumentation to perform damage control surgery, and a small blood bank, usually of, a, of 20 units or less, and that's about it. What can't you do? We cannot do definitive surgery whatsoever in the type that, such as reconstructive, major plastic surgery cases, complex ear, nose, and throat surgery cases, orthopedic, major orthopedic surgeries other than amputations and external fixations, and our neurosurgical capabilities limit to only damage control neurosurgery. Well, explain to all of us, when you say damage control, what do you exactly mean? Damage control surgery is a topic all in itself in which have a very critically injured patient or a very sick patient who requires an operation, but they cannot afford the physiologic stress of a very prolonged operation where every injury is addressed and repaired. What is done is the minimal amount to save the person's life, such as stopping the bleeding in any way possible, stopping the soilage from, let's say, a bowel injury, and then closing the abdomen in a temporary fashion or closing whichever body cavity has been opened in a temporary fashion, and the patient is then taken to the intensive care unit or immediately evacuated from the mobile surgical area 
to a more definitive and robust hospital. Colonel Rush, in looking at your training, you trained like most of us general surgeons in residency programs. How did you transition and learn all of this new type of surgical intervention? Luckily, there are some parallels between the civilian and the military trauma settings. In my residency, I did that during the 90s when damage control surgery resurfaced. And the parallels between the military and civilian system when it comes to trauma surgery had some similarities, especially when you have a very sick patient and you had to get them off of the operating room table quickly and alive so that you could resuscitate them in the intensive care unit. In the military setting, because we're both general surgeons in a fixed hospital as well as having to go out and deploy in a forward area where we have limited resources, the main learning curve is what to do in that setting of limited resources and austere environments because the amount of tasks there are incredible. There are no residencies that specifically address these questions. Well, how do you learn? How does everyone learn? The way we learn in the military is mostly by having specific oriented week-long courses on the subject. Some of these, when you are assigned to one of these forward surgical teams or mobile surgical teams, they have specific training that's developed that's usually either a week to two weeks long and that's where we send our people to get this kind of training. Otherwise, you are very dependent on the leadership and more senior surgeons who have been in these positions, and they mentor you through this. That's what happened to you when you first went there? That's correct. Now, how long usually do one of these mobile surgical units stay in this location? That depends on what the mission is as well as how busy they are. Realistically, if we were placed into a contingency operation where we were supporting a military unit that was expecting to take on a large amount of casualties in a short amount of time, usually we can only stay operational for 48 to 72 hours before we need rest, resupply, and so forth. Where do you get your resupply from? Resupply can come from a number of areas. Usually if the aircraft that we're taking with us or the vehicles that we're taking with us, we usually always try to double up on all of our expendable supplies when we're going into an area that we think has a high likelihood of casualties. In the case that we run out of supplies, there's usually always a set supply system that we can go to. And what we do is, before we go on these missions, we set aside specific push packs where those expendable supplies are already pre-configured and we just call for that specific element. And tell me what you meant by rest. Rest involves when a team of limited numbers and limited resources goes in and performs 24-hour operations such that they're doing surgical cases nonstop for a prolonged period of time, 48 to 72 hours, they will need rest. In other words, you are working round the clock? There is a potential for that. Now, I have not had to work more than... 48 hours at a time so far, and then there's an amount of downtime. Now, there are caveats to that. These caveats involve the other duties that each member of the surgical or the forward surgical or mobile surgical team has to take on. For example, 
Think about trying to go into an area where there may be a disaster and set up your mobile surgical team, or this could be that you're going to support an infantry battalion in the middle of nowhere, and you have to set up your tents, you have to go and get your food, you have to get your food and water, get your other supplies, gasoline for the generators, set up your preventive medicine areas such as your latrines and sleep areas, uh, just think about all those things that a small team has to also accomplish in order to be successful. I want to thank Colonel Robert Rush, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the Mobile Surgical Unit. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.